the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome to episode five. I promise in the future I won't say that every time, but in the beginning it's really important. Today, we're talking about the basis for poor health. Yes, I know. Can you just give me tips and tricks and things? I could, but it doesn't work that way. If you don't understand the basics, you're never going to be able to achieve really good health. With that disclaimer out of the way, let's get into it. I promise we're going to keep this a timely uh, episode. I really like this one because I like the foundation. I think foundations are what uh, you build everything off of. Let's start off first by putting this right out there. I know. Boy, do I know. No one wants to hear this part. It's such a huge topic. But it starts with diet. Oh, you don't understand, Eric. I've tried this diet and that diet and every other diet. No diet works for me. Okay, I get it. We'll talk about why it's not working in a second. You must understand that your body, like I said in the last episode, is a chemical machine. Those chemicals that you take in are from your diet. It's from the food that you put in. That's all food is, is a whole bunch of chemicals. And those chemicals determine what the outcome is. Bad chemicals in, bad body. Good chemicals in, good body. Bad chemicals in, meaning toxins to anti-nutrients and foods to all kinds of things, interfere or change how your body functions. In any health program, I don't even care if it's modern medicine, natural medicine, Chinese medicine, I don't care what the medicine is. Every single healing method starts with the diet. What you put into your face, because many people don't really think about what they're eating, especially when they hear this is what's good for you and this is what's good for you and that's not good for you. And then they just take advice from people who literally don't know you, don't give a hoot about you, they just throwing that out because that company's making money by putting out content. You know, magazines, news, whatever. Fact is, good in, good out. Not calories in, calories out. That concept is old school, 70s, 60s, 50s. That's the worst advice ever. We'll get into that in the future for sure. But your diet is everything. I've said this for years, people, they just don't want to hear it. I know nobody wants to hear it. I get it. I know that you've heard it a million times. It's all about your diet. Well, that's because it is. You determine what your body ends up being because of what you put in it. Your body is made out of that. I know, I'm going to say it. I know you're all waiting for me to say it. You are what you eat. Okay, let's think about that for a second. You've heard it a million times. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I've heard that a million times. Oh yeah? Have you really thought about it? Have you really actually thought about what you're putting into your mouth and swallowing? I guarantee you haven't. Even healthy people sometimes don't even think about it. 
I will tell you that your food intake is more important than anything you can do. Here's why. Most things that you bring into your body, let's say air, right? You breathe. You might breathe some toxins in. And even though I'm not talking about the the toxins that will instantly kill you, I'm just talking about basic everyday toxins. Those things can be handled relatively easily by the body. But when you bring in food, food goes in your stomach. Now it's sitting there, okay? First of all, you put it into your mouth. You chewed it. That's getting absorbed in through the lining of your mouth, your oral cavity. There are things in there that are going directly into your bloodstream. There's a first thing. Then you swallow it. It's in your stomach. It's going to sit there for an hour, two, three hours, depending on what you eat. That's called chyme. You're mixing with acids, mostly some fluids that you may have had to drink while you ate, fluids from the food you ate. So you concentrated food into your stomach by chewing it. So you took this whole plate of food, chewed it, made a smaller version, stuck it in your stomach, absorbed some of it through your mouth. Now you're trying to digest it in your stomach enough to put it into your small intestine. Once it goes in the small intestine, now your body has to go to work even harder. Those enzymes, those acids that are secreted from the gallbladder, from the liver, from the pancreas, all start working. And they have to break down that mess that you just put down in there. So do you think that that mess actually is designed to break down donuts, pizza, Doritos? I would say probably not. I would say whether you believe in a creator or not, throughout all of life, Doritos don't come from a Dorito tree. Your stomach is not designed to break that down. Your gut can't handle it like you think it can. So now your bacteria have to go to work in the small intestine and break down this mess as well as enzymes because there's different enzymes and different acids and all the other different actions in your small intestine. Then there's the movement. The contractions have to do their job. It takes a lot to work that food to such a point that it can absorb all of these chemicals in through your lining of your intestines. Once that happens, now it's in the blood. Think about that for a second. If I took the chemicals from the very tasty, easily bingeable food item, let's put in there lots of brands of things that you really love, Let's take the chemicals out of those foodstuffs, put them into a needle and inject it right into your vein. Would you be all right with that? Would you let me take the whole list of chemicals in that content listing, the ingredients of that food, and shove it into your vein? Think about that for a second. Would you let me do that? Probably not. You'd say, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? I'm just going to go ahead and make it easier on your body. I'm just going to straight inject these chemical toxins right into your vein. You don't even have to chew it. You don't have to eat it. You don't have to have gastro upset or anything else caused by these things. I'm just going to put it directly in the vein. You would tell me no way. If I took an avocado 
and cut it and said, let me take this avocado. I'm going to put it into a syringe and just go ahead and inject that in your vein. You'd probably go, that's probably not a good idea. But you'd be like, wait a second. What would really happen? Would I die? Well, of course you would, but I'm just saying as a, as a, a way to quantify, you don't really think of avocados as unhealthy, but you definitely think of the list of crappy toxin ingredients in that potato chip or pizza or whatever else it is. You're like, wait a minute. One looks normal. That's an avocado. And the other one looks like a whole bunch of chemicals that shouldn't be put into my vein. You see? That's not a great example, but you at least understand what I'm trying to tell you. You can put something natural in your body that it knows how to break down. Yeah, even though there's some things in natural foods that are tough to digest, I'm just saying. Those look normal to you. You're going to say, yeah, of course I can digest, you know, a steak. I can digest an orange or broccoli or whatever. But if you were looked at what they put into processed foods, you would say, wait a minute, that's in that food that I want to eat right now? There's no way I would take that into my body. Okay, well, that is exactly what you're doing. So let's put that into perspective. This is why I love this podcast is I want to show you how you're going to see things and what you're doing with these things in your body. The reality of your health is just this. Seeing this stuff in your mind's eye, in your body, will help you say to yourself, do I really want this in my person? Do I want to put this into my stomach or not? Here's where it gets complicated. Strawberries look healthy. Well, I told you a couple of episodes ago, strawberries are not healthy. They are one of the most pesticide, toxin-rich foods you can eat. Unless you're buying straight, legit, organic strawberries, you are getting basic frankenfood. Most people aren't doing that. A chicken breast. Oh, chicken breast. Normal, right? You see it everywhere. It's quintessential on every, it's on every menu. It's everywhere, right? Fast food, high-end restaurants, at-home rotisserie, whatever. Guess what? There's multiple ways to get chicken. You can either get humanely raised chicken, which is pretty good, or you can get commercially raised chicken, which is terrible. The average chicken before slaughter in a normal conventional grow method is four to six weeks and it is slaughtered. Think about that. One month, non-commercially raised as natural anywhere from 8 to 12 weeks before slaughter. Meaning, why does it get slaughtered so much earlier, so quickly? Why does it become body weight proficient so fast? It's called chemicals and hormones. So if I took that estrogen that was injected into that chicken and said, let's put this directly into your vein, you would say, oh, I don't want that. That's no way. I'm a man. I'm not supposed to have estrogen. Supposed to keep that low. And then women, depending on what time of their life they are, they might say, Oh, no, I don't need that. I shouldn't have that. Yet you're getting that in your chicken most of the time. 
especially if it's not organic and says on the label or any way you can find this out that it is not injected. By the way, did you know that that also applies to eggs and dairy for the estrogen factor? Estrogen in food is been processed by the animal. You now have estradiols. Estradiols are very powerful estrogens that are the byproduct of utilization from that animal, meaning you get all the side effects, none of the benefits, men or women or children. So think about that one for a second. Next time you look at organic milk at the grocery store, you should think twice. Well, is it worth that extra price? Uh, yeah, it's absolutely worth the price. 100% much better for you. Any dairy should always be organic, pasture-raised. Anything other than organic or pasture-raised, but mostly organic and pasture, is absolutely terrible for you. Don't believe me? Go to a chicken farm and watch the hens. You will never eat those eggs again. I could go on and on with this topic. It literally transcends all areas of food. So I'm going to end there with diet. We will get big time into diet in the future. And I do mean we will get serious with diet because I'm telling you, the basis for poor health starts with the diet. It is number one for a reason. The second one is your daily habits, everything you do in your life. You don't think about these things. You just do them because they're habits. Those habits will wreak havoc. Well, that's a good one. Daily habits wreak havoc. That should be a podcast. <laughs> All right, back to, you know, the real info. Sometimes I crack myself up. Let's pick one. I'll just use one example right now. Uh, well, I'm going to have to go with a couple. You know how I get. But the one example I'll say right now, a habit. What's the number one habit you have every single day? I'm going to pick one out quickly. You brush your teeth, right? What toothpaste are you using? If I took the chemicals in that toothpaste and showed you outside the toothpaste, these are the chemicals, here's the names of them. Can I shoot this into your, into your vein? You would say, no. Well, then why are you brushing your teeth with it? That's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Think about that. And you say, well, it's okay to brush my teeth with it. Oh, it is, huh? But you won't let me inject it into your vein? What do you think goes through the lining of your mouth into your vein? Those chemicals. So that daily habit matters. How about, all right, here we go. The second example, your skin. Every single thing you put on your skin goes through it and into the minor capillaries, the microscopic capillaries, into your bloodstream, and it goes through your whole body, including your brain and all of your endocrine system, your muscles, your toenails, everything. It goes everywhere. And over time, it builds up, especially in the areas that can't clean themselves. It's more and more buildup. I don't understand why I have psoriasis. I don't understand why I have this condition or this condition. Well, maybe you use every single commercial type product on your body. Your skin is a sponge. What you put on your skin goes in your body. There are many, 
long-living civilizations on the planet that do not use anything other than natural products on their skin. They don't have these issues. We do in first world areas because we think some corporation somewhere knows how to take care of our skin better than we do. Guess what? They don't. It's all profit. All right, Eric, let's take those chemicals and all that stuff that's in that body care product. Let's put them into a needle and inject that into your bloodstream. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. Well, why not? That doesn't look like it should be in my bloodstream. Oh, it doesn't, does it? Guess what? You're doing it. You're putting it into your body over and over and over again every single day. Think about that one. How about your lungs? Okay. Everything you breathe. Did you know when you're in the shower and you're breathing that steam, every single particle, every chemical, everything in the water that you're showering in, you're breathing into your body. Guess what you need? You need a shower filter. It's not that hard. They're not that expensive. All right. So it lowers your pressure a little bit. It's way better than breathing all that garbage in, right? Some filters are better than others. Water, like I said, will be a future podcast all of its own, probably multiple parts because, like I said, 70% of your body is water. So it's the most important thing you can do. Showering is super important. You're not only in water. That is, like I said before, 30,000 plus known contaminants. You're breathing that in. You're soaking it up through your skin, but then you're putting on soap and conditioner and face cleanser and every other cleanser you can think of on your body. You're absorbing that soap. You don't think you absorb that soap. How do you think skin gets dry? It gets dry by two reasons. You're sucking out the oils that keep it moist and you're replacing it with soap. It's caustic. It dries you out. Cells don't want soap. Never have, never will. All right, moving on. Lack of movement. By the way, real quickly, daily habits, you know, there's things like just cleaning your house or stuff you're touching at work. We'll get into those future, but every single daily habit you think of can have a detriment, but you can make it a positive thing where it doesn't hurt you. Matter of fact, you could make it a positive thing for your health because you're putting it on your body every single day. It's involved with your life every day. Why not make it healthy? That's each day you're doing something that you normally do anyway and making yourself better. All right. So lack of movement, sitting around, not doing anything will kill you. That's the way it is. One of the basis is for poor health. You've heard the euphemism, couch potato. There's a reason for that because it's true. But you can be a desk potato, sitting at a desk every day, all day. That's killing you. So now we have standing desks. Okay, that's a little bit better. Not that much better, but it can help a little bit. Other countries don't let you sit at your desk or sit at your job or stand at your job longer than a certain amount of time. Matter of fact, some countries have a three-hour lunch. Why do you think that is? Because they don't want you just sitting there, standing there as a drone. So by daily movement, 
you can help to address these situations. That might be exercise. That could be just moving around at work. There's lots of people. This is a world thing. There's lots of people, even in America. They will eat and then go for a walk. I, every single day, see this couple that walk after eating every single day. That's the right thing to do. Movement moves lymphatic fluid. It moves your blood and it keeps you healthy. Your body, as a reference, let's talk about the diet and movement. As a reference, your body is food in, it extracts what it needs, and the rest is sewage. That movement is very, very important. Your body is breaking down and then rebuilding it every billionth of a second. Like I said, a trillion cells die, a trillion new ones are built every billionth of a second. That's a lot of cells. That's waste. You got to get that waste out. You have to get the poisons in your environment out, the toxins, the waste that your body produces, just the general cellular waste of just respiration. All the chemicals your body, carbon dioxide, you know, the, the, whole, the whole drill. This all has to come out. How do you think this stuff comes out? It comes out through urine, feces, breath, and your skin. That takes movement. That's a full energy process. It takes a lot of effort to do that. So when you're sick, that's why you don't want to move. You know you're sick. You know, man, sitting around is never a good thing, but I need to recuperate and keep my energy. Yeah, because your body is splitting up energy to the appropriate areas. So the more you can keep your body clean by movement, Everything from exercise, walking. I'm not a fan of running, but if you want to run, go for it. Knock yourself out. Working out, rebounding, uh, biking. It doesn't matter. Just movement as a whole is good for you. Kind of an example is cars will rot and become broken down if you don't drive them. It's a known fact. It's the same thing with the body. All right, water. Water is uh, super important because in order to move anything in the body, nutrients, waste, product, doesn't matter, water is the most important thing to move it. If it's not a viscous situation like the viscosity of water, which is thin, so it has a low viscosity, then you can't move it. You ever notice that water can do all kinds of crazy, amazing things? Well, that's because of the viscosity. Well, in your body, it can clean your body just like it cleans your dishes. It's amazing what water does. I don't think people really grasp how actually incredible water is, not only for the planet and everything that we use water for, but also for your body. Like, it's crazy when you really think about this. Most people don't realize it's such a small molecule. It's one bond away from a vapor. People don't realize this. Let me break it down this way. I know this is very simple, but I don't think people really either remember this or really care about it. And yet, I find it incredibly amazing and 
hopefully this is one of those things that I'm going to hook you on for the rest of the time listening to me, the reasons why I do this and why I love all of this so much. I hope you feel my heart on this one. One less bond, and it's steam. One more bond, and it's water. Guess what those bonds are? Four bonds make vapor. Five bonds make water. Now, here's why this is so incredibly awesome. Your cellular structure and how it's designed. The aquaporins on your cells, there are about 150 per cell, depending on where it is in the body, have these things called aquaporins. Our angstrom size, that means they're smaller than micron. They're actually smaller than a micron. A micron, think about it this. Your micron size is about, let's say, a room in your house. An angstrom would be the size of a tennis ball in that room. So very, very small. By the way, minerals in your food are angstrom size. We will definitely go after that in the future in a podcast because when you understand angstroms, it's absolutely awesome. Basically, you have these super small cells with really small aquaporins that let in very, very, very small molecules of water. These molecules are five chain molecule. So five H2Os attached to each other, making the smallest globule possible in order to be a liquid. So your cells will need the smallest that it can get. Well, well, why is that? Think about it. It's not really all that hard to think about. The smallest chains can make their way into a cell and take up the littlest amount of space. Then they attach to what they need and then get forced out of that cell in the smallest structure possible. If it was a big globule, it couldn't get in. And then if it attached to anything, it couldn't get out. So the water in, five chain, water out process is called cellular osmosis. I know that was a throwback to ninth grade, but it's pretty awesome if you think about it. So pressure from the outside helps to bring water to the inside of the cell. Now that's governed by the sodium potassium gate on each one of those aquaporins. But guess what? You can't take a 25 long chain of H2O and enter into a hole that small. It has to be broken down. Enzymes, pressure, all kinds of things break those bonds down into B5 chain. So the cleanest water that you can get has the least amount of things attached to it. Remember, water on its own is H2O, and then it's bonded together to make globules. It is not singular chain H2O molecules. There are multiple chains of those attached to each other that make really long bonds, and those are called globules. The smallest globule is five chain, and it enters the aquaporin into the cell. It needs to be five chain. Think about that for a second, how small that is and how clean that water has to be. So in order to break that chain down and get rid of, let's say, toxins from those chips and from that plant, or that meat or whatever it is. 
then it's in your bloodstream. It's picking up minerals or it's in the food and it has minerals attached to it. It has to get to its smallest component in order to enter the cell. And it's going to carry with it anything that it can in the smallest form possible. That's what we want. In other words, those aquaporins aren't hard. They open up. And so a water molecule in five chain plus, let's say, a calcium molecule will enter. It'll, it'll accept it. It's got to push it in there, but it'll get in there. There's enzymes that help that kind of thing. But point is, you want the smallest chain possible. Well, think about your tap water. 30,000 plus known contaminants, and by the way, that was 20-year research. They don't even know how many now, is attached to your water, and you put that into your body. That makes extremely large molecules with so many chemicals attached to a water molecule. This is why I'm a distilled water, filtered water fan. I don't need minerals in the water from a spring. Those are mostly micron size, not angstrom size. Only plants and animals create angstrom. There are random angstrom minerals attached to water from a spring, but it's not very many. The spring has to be very specific. It's just not as abundant as you might think. If you want healthy cells, it starts with healthy water. By the way, I brought up sodium potassium as the gates. Sodium potassium actually is more important than you would ever believe in your body. Coming up very shortly, we are going to have an episode devoted to sodium and one devoted to potassium. The interaction between those two is more than you could even realize. One of the most amazing nutritionists that ever lived showed that sodium-potassium balance or imbalance is almost the most important thing to optimal health. And it's pretty hard to argue that when the gatekeeper to your cells are sodium-potassium. All right, so I think we pretty much nailed water. Let's talk quickly about chemical toxins in your environment. I kind of touched a little bit earlier, but think about it. You have everything from being in your car to being at work. You're cleaning your house. You're running candles. It doesn't matter. You just have chemicals everywhere from your food to your beverages to the air to what you're sitting on to what you're sleeping in to the clothes you're wearing, to the soap you're using on the clothes, to the soaps or stuff you're putting on your body in the shower, to all of the stuff that you're putting on your body after the shower. Think about it. It's not what you think it is. I'm sorry to say, if you want optimal health, you would be amazed on how the little things can attribute to your overall health over time. You say, Eric, it's only this little thing. Okay, it's just that little thing. If I gave you 10 cents every day of your life since you were 10 years old, how much money would you have? It accumulates. You don't think about it. It's such a small amount. It definitely accumulates. So chemical toxins in your environment are a big deal. 
We will definitely talk about these in the future. I'm very passionate about the chemicals that you put on your body. The health and beauty situation that you can control in your life is actually something I find pretty interesting. So I'm going to, we're going to talk about that in the future. All right. Last one, and this is over, is not utilizing your body type in your health journey. So basically, in the last episode, we talked about ecto, meso, and endomorph body types. If you work against your body type, it's going to make it so much harder to be healthy and feel good. You're taking advice from all kinds of people and all kinds of outlets and news organizations and magazines or websites, whatever. You have to learn how to decipher those things so that they are for you and not somebody else. You cannot tell me that a 375-pound man needs the same health advice as a flyweight boxer who's 115 pounds and five foot one. That's not even a stretch. Measure his bones, measure his body mass, both fat, muscle, and bone. You will see they are totally two different people. The size of their organs is different. They are different people. If we could read DNA, and I mean truly read DNA, the only thing we can do with DNA is code it. Coding is not reading. Coding is deciphering, but it's not reading. Reading is a book. Deciphering are letters. You can't decipher letters and make a book. You can learn how to position letters to make words in order to make sentences to make a book. That's a totally different thing. They don't know that yet. That's called the keys to life. Their DNA runs how their body works. You want to work with that. Make it work better, not harder. Not opposite than what it is. You don't give carbohydrates to an endomorph body type. Endomorphs and carbohydrates make massive amounts of fat in the body. It doesn't matter how much exercise or what they do. They're going to gain weight. It's a fact. Yet you know that marathon runner that eats two plates of pasta the night before a run. Yeah, because an ectomorph can do that. Gain body fat overnight. Now, if he doesn't run or do exercise, then over long term, he will gain body fat for an ectomorph because he's getting too many carbohydrates. That will eventually work against him, but it takes a very long time. You can't apply everybody's body type to every single situation to be healthy. You just can't do it. It's just there's no other way around it. And until someone can prove that to me, and I wish someone could, but somatotypes, which are the body types, it's just the way it is. I will drive this point home with this one last point. A diesel semi-tractor that pulls a trailer is not the same as a race car, is it? It's not the same. They do two different things. They don't require the same fuels or chemicals or maintenance or tires or drivers or anything else. They're different. The key to health is to learn the basics of poor health. Your diet, 
your daily habits, lack of movement, water, chemical toxins in your environment, and not utilizing your own body type. These will get you to your goal. These are the basics, by the way. There are so many other factors, but these are the basics. If you can really concentrate on these things, you'll feel better, look better, you'll lose weight, your brain, your gut health will get better, you won't get sick as much. Everything in your life is better. By the way, physically, does nothing for your financial status. This is literally, well, no, it will. Because if you feel better, you should work harder. Therefore, create more and then create more income. These are the basis for poor health. If you can master the basics, then it's easier to get to your goal. We can get into details in the future, and we will. This cast is a little bit longer than the other ones because this is extremely important and a foundational overall principle. Diet, habits, movement, water, environment, or chemicals and toxins, and your body type. Bring those together. They're not that hard. This is just thinking about your life, bringing them together. Once they're together, you can achieve your goal. It takes a little bit, but I guarantee you can do it. And once you do it and you feel better, you're not going to want to change. I'm telling you right now. I recently went through my own health change, and I can tell you, it's not just a small improvement. I will discuss this in the future. You will know what I mean. This was a major transformation of my health. And what I learned is incredible. It is a dramatic change. I will share this with you soon. But understand that what I've given you today will absolutely change your life for the better. I challenge anybody to change these things and then tell me that their life is not better. My goal here is to make you feel better. This is more than 35 years worth of experience and it boils down to these are very good principles. All right, we're a bit long today. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is the reality of health dot com.